Good morning, everyone. Are you all awake this morning? Now, I know when you woke up this morning, you looked out the window, and it was gray, and there was probably some fog, and in that moment, you thought to yourself, maybe I'll just watch church online this morning, stay in bed, it's cold outside. Let me commend you for being here this morning. (laughs) You know, we don't worship God based on our feelings, right? We worship God based on faith, that we trust him, we love him, he is due our praise. We don't be like, ah, I don't feel like it. If we don't feel like it, God is still worthy of our praise. So we push past our flesh and we worship God anyway. We sing with joy anyway. The scripture talks um, when, we, when we fall into divers' temptations that we count those things joy. In other words, we're going to decide, even if it's gray outside or maybe we feel gray on the inside, that we are going to choose joy every day. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. All right, we are continuing our series this morning, Jesus, the Disciple Maker. We are spending the whole fall on this topic, uh, just growing in our faith in Jesus. The scripture says in Romans chapter eight that we are supposed to be moving to the image of Christ. We are predestined for this purpose. So what this means specifically is that we're not just waiting to die. We're not just saying yes to Jesus and then waiting till we get into his presence when we die. That There is actually a purpose, a journey for us to be on with our faith in God. Or we're not just waiting for Jesus to return and then everything will be great. No, we're right now and every day supposed to be moving to the image of Christ. God has called us all to grow into the image of Jesus. And for us to grow, that means we have to change. We can't stay the same. We can't stay here in who I am right now because I am not, and you are not, I would venture to say, exactly like Jesus right in this moment. Can I get an amen? And so what are we doing? We're moving and we're growing and we're changing. The scripture talks about sanctification. And what does that mean? Set apart for the purposes of God. That God has something for us to do and accomplish, and then we are moving to the image of Christ. We're not just doing our own thing. Those of us that have submitted our lives to Christ, said yes to Jesus, call him our Lord and Savior, that God has purposes for us to live out in 2022, today, this afternoon, this week, the, the rest of this month, which is one day, but then for the rest of our lives, following after Jesus becoming more and more like Christ. So we, uh, we want to do the Great Commission this fall. The Great Commission is the purpose that Jesus set out for the church. And it's a twofold thing. It's making um, other disciples. In other words, having uh, a part of our lives, part of our church, obviously, that someone who doesn't have a relationship with God, that they could be invited into a relationship with God, that I can bring somebody with me to church, that I can have a faith conversation with someone inspire that person to say yes to Jesus. But then after we've said yes to Jesus, we are supposed to be coming disciples, not just converts. A disciple is a lifelong learner. We'll see this great commission here in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, Jesus says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to be doing baptism. So just again, reminder, if you are a follower of Jesus 
and you have never been water baptized, never gone public with your faith, it's not too late. You can sign up uh, for that today in the lobby and we'll make arrangements for you this week to get baptized next Sunday. And a, a reminder, if you know you were baptized or, or christened or whatever phrase you wanna use as a baby, thank God for what your parents did. Thank God for their faith. But you going public with your faith is a completely different thing. It's you saying, yes, I've chosen to follow Jesus and going public with your faith so you can sign up for that after the service. Verse 20 says this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So saying yes to Jesus, becoming a disciple and then following after the teachings of Jesus, integrating the teachings of Jesus into my existence, not just saying, yes, I'm a Christian, but having and experiencing life change. So we, we this whole fall, we wanna set our sails to grow into the character of God. So one of the main disciples that, one of the main characteristics rather we would see of disciples is that we're incorporating disciplines into our lives. So that when stuff goes wrong, and it will, because we live in a broken world and we all have an enemy, that when things go wrong in our lives, we have set practices and we have things that we're doing that we, as we are becoming more and more like Jesus, these things don't get us completely off track. They're gonna affect us and we're gonna experience these things, but we're not just gonna not follow Jesus anymore because something happens in, the, in our lives or happens in the world, that we have these disciplines in place as we follow Jesus more and more every day. So we've been talking about maturity, godly maturity, and what that looks like and trying to define it and seeing it in all of these verses that we're looking at this fall. Um, Godly maturity looks like strength, spiritual strength. It looks like persistence. It looks like having joy, like I mentioned at the beginning of the message. It looks like having wisdom, godly wisdom in our lives, having abiding peace. And the last thing that we're trying to emphasize all this fall is that as we grow in the things of God, we will become less and less selfish, that Jesus lived an unselfish existence. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. The more we move to the image of Christ, the less selfish we will be. So we wanna see Jesus as our savior and our Lord, absolutely. But then we wanna follow his teaching. So, so far in this series, we've looked at um, being formed in the context of family. We've looked at house rules, talked a lot about the scripture. We've talked about loving one another. We've talked about being devoted to Christ. We've talked about the idea of being teachable and being repentant. And then last week, we talked about an experience, having an experience with the Spirit of God. So all of those messages are available on our website and on our YouTube page. But as we discussed an experience last week with God, we are, we're going in a completely different direction today. And I put these two messages together on purpose. So if you weren't here last week, please go back and listen to the message. But God actually wants us to have an experience, a real experience with his presence. Um, But when we think about these experiences, um, we we want to see it in the context of formation. Isaiah 64, verse eight says this, yet you, O Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hands. So God is shaping us. He's changing us with all of these things that we're talking about this fall, that he is the potter. We are the clay. We are malleable and changeable. We're not stuck staying the same. No, the scripture says that 
God is the same. He doesn't change. We're not in that category. God wants to change us all of the time. Psalm 1 verse 1 says this, blessed is the man who not, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water. It yields its fruit in season and his leaf does not wither and all he does, he prospers. And that word prosper just means to be successful. So as we spend time in the word of God, that the word of God is changing us, that God is shaping us with his word. There's no such thing as being discipleship neutral. In other words, the culture is changing us and shaping us, or we are on purpose allowing the word of God to shape us and change us. We're, we're not staying the same. Our thinking is not staying the same. And what God is calling us to do, he's calling us to submit to his teachings, to his word, so we can we can be changed into the image of Christ. So we're gonna look at today um, a kind of a kingdom disposition that as we follow Jesus, we know that Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But what is a kingdom disposition? How is it that God wants us to act in the world? Now I mentioned we, have, we talked about having an experience with God last week and and when we have an experience with God, sometimes we just want to stay in that place. And we talked about Peter when he, on the Mount of Transfiguration, it's like, you know, we just want to build three tents and we want to stay right here. And when we have these experiences with God, they're not for us to just stay there, that God is actually sending us out in the world as his representatives. And because we have an experience with God doesn't mean that we can't function properly in society. It doesn't mean we can't function well on our jobs. In fact, we should. We should be the best ones on our jobs. We should be the ones who are on time and stay late and have the best attitude. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. We can't be like, no, I had an experience with God yesterday at church, so I can't go to work today. No, 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 no. That we can still function in the world and have an experience with God. And Jesus talks to us about how he wants us to be in the world. Matthew chapter five, verse 13 says this, you are the salt of the earth, talking to his followers, telling them that they are something. Now, the reason that there's something is not that there's something just in and of themselves, but because they are followers of Jesus, they are listening to the teachings of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be that. I don't wanna be good for nothing in the kingdom of God. And then he says this, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Now we know we don't have any light in and of ourselves that we are more like the moon than the sun that we are reflecting the light from the sun. We are reflecting the light that comes from the salvation of Christ. But he still looks at us, still looks at his followers, and he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Are you ready for the song? This little light of mine. You guys were ready this morning. And remember we said, put it under a bushel? No, I'm gonna let it shine. 
amen, that he called us to shine our light, the light that we get from Jesus. We're not gonna hide it. It gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Your good deeds, the good things you do. And here's what I would say that we need to understand about the world, generally speaking, or or, or secularism as a whole. They don't actually care about what we believe. And in fact, a bunch of them think it's foolishness. But we, as Christians, we take pride in our beliefs. I believe this, and I believe this, and I believe differently than these Christians that I don't like. The world doesn't care about our internal arguments. And in fact, Jesus is saying, this is not the light that the world is looking for. What is it looking for? That we would do good deeds, that we would do good things, that the good beliefs that we have in Christ will show up in our lives and people who don't glorify God, how are they gonna decide to glorify God? Because they're gonna see the good things that you're doing. And wouldn't it just be better if we could just have an experience with the Holy Spirit 24-7? Come on, that would be so much more fun. If we could just sit in his presence every moment, every day. No, but then Jesus is calling out to his disciples to do something. Hey, you are the salt and you are the light. What do these things mean? Salt is a preservative. It's a, a taste enhancer. And it was a valuable thing in this time that sometimes Roman soldiers would get paid in salt. And you've heard the phrase, not worth his salt. And this is where it comes from, that salt was a very valuable commodity. And we just have it in small shakers now and we put it on our food. But in this time, it was a really important thing. And so what did it mean to live a salty life? Because Jesus was juxtaposing it with, you know, if you've lost your salt, you're just gonna be cast aside and you're just gonna be good for nothing. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be good for nothing in the kingdom of God. I wanna do and I wanna have the disposition that Jesus is calling his followers to have that we would be doing these good things. So with integrity, we can be potent as salt in the world right now. The character of Jesus showing up in the acts that we do. Basic, fundamental goodness. You've heard the phrase, that man, that woman, they're salt of the earth. What does that mean? What does it mean? Just a really good person, a dependable person, a trustworthy person, a person who says, hey, I'm gonna be there at this time. A salt of the earth person will be there at this time. And these are the things that God is wanting us to show through in our lives. Our beliefs will be irrelevant to many, many people in the world. But if we show up doing these good things, it's gonna make a difference. And I would suggest this, you know, if you're, if you're starting a new job, don't walk into the office on day one and say, hey, I have an announcement. I just want everyone to know that I'm a Christian. <laughs> Not good thing to do. It would be better if that you acted differently in your office. 
that you stood out separately, that the acts of Jesus were coming through your life. And then people will notice, friends. If you're not just partaking in all of the other jokes that everybody else are saying, and that you're not having a bad attitude about the boss, or if you're the boss having a bad attitude about your employees, if you're acting in such a way where the character of Jesus is being manifest on the job, people will ask you a question. And one of the things they'll ask you is, what did you do this weekend? One of the things you did this weekend is you went to church. And then the pressure's on, friends, right? Because the world has some version of how Christians should act. Now, some of it is, is wrong, but they have some idea that Christians should be kind or should be good people. So we don't want to hide the light. We want to be acting in these Jesus ways. The light is reflecting the light of Jesus, that we can bring the light of God to every situation we are in, that we are truth seekers, that we have wisdom because of the word of God. And what does God want us to do? We want us to let our light shine. And when we let our light shine, we're gonna do good things and then people will glorify God because we do good things, because we're good people, because we're salt of the earth. See, when we hide our light, we just sin and we compromise and we're lazy and we're fearful just like everybody else but I don't wanna hide the light with all of those things. I want to incorporate again the teachings of Jesus and then Jesus shining through my life, showing up in all of the areas of my life and the big things and the small things. And Jesus said, man, people will see your good works and they will glorify God. So we are called to be influencers, maybe not on TikTok or maybe on TikTok. Not me, I'm not going on TikTok. I feel like I'm aged out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we are all called to be influencers. We're all called to be leaders as followers of Jesus. Looks at his disciples and say, hey, you are the salt. But if salt has lost the saltiness, it's just gonna be thrown out, good for nothing, useless. I want to be the influencer and we all should want to be the influencer that God has called us to be, that we can make a difference in the world, that you can make a difference everywhere you go because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and you have been changed by God. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight says this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. That's good doctrine right there, right? A good teaching of understanding that we can't save ourselves. Salvation only comes as a gift. And we, we're in verse nine, not by work so that anyone can boast. So there's no good thing that we do to get saved. And then verse 10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So no good thing that we do saves us, 
but we experience salvation so that we can do good and God-inspired things. God has prepared these things ahead of time. We are his handiwork so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, that we can be salt and light in the world. I don't wanna be useless in the kingdom of God. We see here, we're saved not by our works, not by our actions, it's only by what Jesus did, it's in Christ Jesus. But when we find ourselves in Christ, man, God has prepared in advance for us to do good things. Galatians chapter five, verse six says this, for in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value, any of these outward markings of salvation. Listen, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Again, we like the finer points of our faith discussion. But the thing that counts is our faith, the things that we believe showing up in the loving lives that we lead. This is the thing that counts. This is the thing that matters most. I have these beliefs. I've said yes to Jesus. My destiny has changed forever. Man, he saved me to do good things. He's called me to be salt and light. And then my faith, the faith that I have in Jesus, it's gonna show up. It's gonna manifest for other people. And how are they gonna see it? Through love. Me being a loving individual. Why would I do these good things? Because we can do these good things sort of out of um, something that's put upon us, some sort of thing, oh, I guess I'm a Christian, I'll do good stuff. I guess I'll help my neighbor shovel their driveway. Okay, Jesus, I hope you're happy. (laughs) Is that the right attitude that we're supposed to be doing it? Man, there's, there's a heart thing that Jesus is trying to get to for us. Matthew 20, verse 20. Listen to Jesus' disciples. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down, asked a favor of him. Now, how did this happen? A couple of Jesus' disciples. Mom, can you go talk to Jesus for us? <laughs> what is it that you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in the kingdom. (laughs) Because what did they think was going to happen? They thought Jesus was going to sit on a physical throne in a physical palace and he was going to be the king of the Jews. But Jesus had a whole different plan. What was he wanting? He wanted to be king of everybody's heart. She's like, give my sons a place of power in your kingdom, one on the right, one on the left. And then she's thinking, because if my boys have a place of power, I've got it made in the shade. (laughs) Verse 22, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink of the cup that I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from the cup But to sit at my right hand or left is not for me to grant. And so what was Jesus talking about? Drink from the cup that you're gonna be part of the leadership of the church, that the Holy Spirit is gonna indwell you, that you're gonna be doing the works of Jesus. But this other thing is not for mine to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared for by my Father. In other words, God is gonna decide these things. Then the 10 heard about this and they were indignant with the two brothers. 
And why were they indignant? It could have been a couple of things. They could have been mad and they could, I wish I had thought of this first. I didn't know these places of power were up for grabs. <laughs> Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. To give his life. I'm not trying to be great. What are we trying to do? We're trying to follow the example of Jesus. I'm not, I'm not trying to do this for accolades. This is the intended purpose of our lives. This is the intended purpose of our salvation. Walking around on a daily basis that we would do good works, that God has prepared these things in advance for us to do, that we would be salt and we would be light, that we would be leaders in the world, that we would be creating the culture, not just following it. That we would choose to serve. And a servant does good things. This is what Jesus came to do, following the things that God gave for him to do. Luke 22, 24. A dispute also arose among them, to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them. Same account of it from one other writer. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Talking about the followers of Jesus. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But Jesus said, listen, but I am among you as the one who serves. So Jesus is asking, okay, in a situation where someone's seated at a table and there's another person who's there who's serving, which which person is greater? Well, in, you know, theoretical sense or uh, however you would measure society, the, the one who can afford to be at the table and have somebody else serve them, theoretically, they are greater. But Jesus says, you know what? I'm the one who's serving the person at the table. That's how Jesus saw himself and wanting his followers to see themselves. Now we're not lower and we're not putting ourselves down, but we're just seeing ourselves. You know what? We're gonna be the people who do good. We're gonna gonna be the people who serve. We're gonna be be the people who make a difference through serving, through loving, that our faith is gonna show up through our love. So we wanna find ourselves in this place. And what we need to do is we need to discover at every situation of life, how is it that I can serve here? Now, as, as a parent, you serve your children a very specific way. And one of the ways you're serving them is through discipline and training. Any parents in the room? Your children. 
because they're human children. I know you think they're the best ever, but your children need discipline and training. Amen. So that they can function normally when they're not with you. If your children are disobedient in front of you and you kind of wink at it when they're not in your presence, I'm just telling you, they are exactly the same. They're not acting better when they're not with you. So the way you serve your children is discipline and training. This is not the same way you serve your spouse. (laughs) Any married people want to give me an amen? I am not disciplining Nicole. Babe, let me just train you. I know you're American and you struggle with some stuff. Let me just train you the Canadian way. No, I serve my wife a completely different way. That I'm called to love my wife so that she knows that she is loved. Right? On the job. I'm not trying to love my boss like I love my wife and I'm not trying to train and discipline my coworkers. What am I doing? I am there and I'm working as unto Christ. So this is how I'm serving in that context. So this is what Jesus is saying. Whatever you find yourself, you find yourself like a servant. Whatever context you're in, you're serving. Amen. There's, there's certain contexts that I work in and the way I serve in those contexts is here at the church. You know, I'm making decisions and I'm making choices and I'm leading a staff. But there's other contexts in some other organizations that I'm a part of that I'm not in charge of those things and I'm not a decision maker. And so I'm finding a place to serve in those contexts. But I can't apply the place that I have here at the church to this other context. It doesn't work. But what do I have to do? I have to serve. I want to be salt and light. Philippians chapter two, verse one says this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in spirit and one mind. Verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. And if I'm able to do this, I can serve. I can serve everywhere I go. Sometimes they're looking for a title or a position or authority. Authority. I'm just looking, hey, this is where I can serve. Not looking for your own interest, but to the interest of others. In your relationships, one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, which is the ultimate authority, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness that Jesus took on the form of a servant. We're supposed to be following his example, aren't we? Aren't we followers of Jesus? So the way we're serving, this like-minded heart as Jesus, that I didn't come to lord it over other people. I'm coming to serve. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 
Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans. Now, pagans, it just means people who don't have a relationship with God. That though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Do we see a theme here? Good deeds, salt and light, good deeds, people will glorify God. We've had testimonies here at our church that we as, as a church have just gone out and done good stuff and we weren't out there promoting the church. We were just being good people. And someone's like, where, where are you guys from? Well, we're, we're, we're from the city church and like, I, I wanna go to that church. And they weren't dispensing our doctrinal statement. They were just doing good things. And we see this pattern, doing good things and people will glorify God. Verse 13, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether it be the emperor or the supreme authority or the governors who are sent him, sent him to punish those who do wrong and command those who do right, commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you shall silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. See, sometimes, and, and I would be prone to do this, you know, I just want to argue about the beliefs of Christianity and people have wrong beliefs about what we believe. And it's not that a lot of times. It's just us going out, functioning as salt and light in our neighborhood, where we work, followers of Jesus, doing good things. This is the call for us. This is the disposition of the kingdom that we're supposed to carry, that we would be influencers on the world around us. Let's pray. Father God, we just love you so much today. We thank you, Lord, for this call that you have called us to be salt and light. That we can bring your love, that we can bring your integrity, we can bring your ways to all of the places that we go. God, we know that your kingdom ways are the greatest. God, we pray that you would help us to be servants like Jesus. This great example that he set for us. We thank you, Lord, that we are following after you in these ways. And God, we pray that you give us wisdom to walk this out in every context of life that we would choose to serve. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you have never said yes to Jesus, we read a verse there in Ephesians that talked about, we're not saved by our good works. So what does that mean? It just means that we can't do enough good things to just achieve God's salvation. We can't create some sort of religious thing that we would do and then offer that to God. 
the scripture talks about that Jesus actually came down. And because Jesus came down, he died on the cross, God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, that God just offers to us a relationship with himself. It's just a gift. And all we have to do is say yes to that gift. So if you're here this morning and you have said, never have said yes to Jesus, never made him the Lord of your life, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. Or maybe you're here this morning and you know you used to have a relationship with God and maybe something happened. You kind of feel like you've wandered away from God. You know, God is not mad at you this morning. God invites you close to himself again. You pray along with me as well. So church, we're gonna pray this out loud together, praying with somebody who's maybe rededicating their life to Christ or saying yes to Jesus for the very first time. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes and pray this out loud. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those who made that decision for the first time this morning. Amazing. One of the best decisions you'll make in your entire life. And so while that decision was made in private, we want to make sure that we journey with you on your faith journey. And so there's a connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Go ahead and fill that out and turn it in to our info desk, which is in our main lobby right near the staircase there. Our team will greet you with a big smile, celebrate with you, and give you some resources for your faith. As well, if you're new at the church or newer, hoping to get connected, or if you want more information about the church, that connect card and our info desk is a place where you're going to want to be. Are you happy that you came to church this morning? Amazing. While we all stand to our feet as we get ready to go, just also want to remind you about water baptism. That service is next Sunday. It is always a party, a huge celebration here at our church just to celebrate what God is doing in the life of our church. And so, hey, if you've never been water baptized, I want to encourage you, even if you just want information, maybe you're a little bit nervous. You're like, what is this all about? Go visit our team. They're right there in the lobby outside of the auditorium. Get some information. Want to encourage you to sign up and get water baptized. As well, if you came to church this morning hoping to pray with someone or have some pray with you, our prayer leadership team is coming uh, up to the front right now and they'd be more than happy to pray with you. So once service is dismissed, feel free to come and pray with any of our leaders down here at the front. We're so glad that you came to church this Sunday. Thank you for being with us. We invite you to join us next week at 9 a.m or 11 a.m. Have a great week, City Church. We love you.